Before we get started, you should probably know that the following podcast contains strong language and conversations of an adult nature. Also, it will almost certainly contain spoilers. Welcome to Minisode 46 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast given a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Bain, I'm still a lapsed horror writer and an occasional doer of musical things. And I'm Andy Stewart, we Glasgow nightclub Harry. <laughs> How are you, man? I'm okay, thank you. And yourself? I'm good. It feels like an exceptionally long time since I've last seen your face because we recorded quite early this week. I think we did, yeah. When was that? Tuesday? Yeah, so it's, like, it's yeah. been a wee while. For, again, for date stamp purposes, we're doing this at 6.30 on a Saturday evening. Yeah, we are, yeah. And yep, 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 yep. Just checking. Yes, you do have a can of lager. I do indeed. <laughs> it's not my first and I'm feeling good about that fact. Wonderful. How's your week been, my friend? What have you been watching? Oh, well, uh, so this week was the 40th anniversary of the release of Don Coscarelli's Phantasm. Okay. I love it with all my heart. Okay. So I went back and revisited Phantasm this week. Why not? Yeah, and it's it's still great. Great? Yeah, I, I think it's fucking amazing. Uh, I think Angus Grimm's Tall Man is still one of the most iconic horror characters, full stop. And uh, yeah, it's available everywhere, especially, but certainly on Shudder, because that's where I watched it. <laughs> Didn't the Phantasm series get an amazing release? Which, well, there was like, a there like, was a, like a box set release. Yeah, Arrow Video put a box set out. Ah, uh, it was Arrow. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, really, also, really incredible looking thing. Yeah, there was also one that came out years ago that came in one of the Sentinel balls. Oh, nice. Kind of opened up. That's cool. Um, but there's a new release coming out. I can't remember. I apologise for that. Who's putting it out? But Don Coscarelli was sharing stuff on social media the other day, saying that there's another box set coming out that comes with a replica actual replica of the sentinel ball awesome so that's that's coming out that's soon cool. uh i wish i had taken the time to actually pull that together but <laughs> i haven't and uh for that i'm sorry we will repent on social media this week we'll post something up about who's putting that out <laughs> um okay that's cool anything else yeah i checked out top knot detective right okay so i missed this the year i played at fright fest so we can't remember if it was this past year or the year before 2017 yeah people were going crazy for it um and i immediately felt kind of like one of those things where you kind of kick yourself if you haven't seen it it's out through third window films have just brought it out ah killing it this year yeah, they are one cut the dead. yeah yeah definitely uh yeah it's a lot of fun how does it work well, it's a, a doc. Um, now, you can't see, but I am doing inverted finger commas. Air quotes. Air quotes. Yes, that's what they're called. Air quotes. Inverted <laughs> finger commas. Trusty. Inverted finger commas. A trusty IFC. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's a documentary uh, which kind of digs into fictional Japanese TV show Ronin Suri Tantai. Okay. Uh, which uh, was retitled Top Knot Detective uh, in Australia. I see. Right. Okay. So uh, it's so it's like a mockumentary type thing. Aye, and kind of broader than that, it kind of focuses on the rivalry between the the ludicrous leading man and one of the other characters in the show. Oh, nice. Uh, okay. It's uh, really really fun. Like I say, available through Third Window now, and I would absolutely suggest you check it out because it's it's a fucking hoot. 
No, I need to get that done. I really do. What about you? Uh, yeah, I did a couple. Um, completely by accident, actually. I did a couple of things that both showed at Fright Fest 2014. Oh, going back a ways. Okay. Yeah, a wee bit. Um, uh, enthrall me. What have we got? Both kind of accidentally topical as well. Um, in that, like, I have a long-held and fairly deeply rooted affection for the film Starry Eyes. Oh, right, okay. Uh, right, Kevin sure. Coles and Dennis Whitmire's film. And um, I, I, I think that film is fantastic. I revisit it every few months. And uh, this week I did that, um, and obviously they've co-helmed the new Pet Cemetery, which is uh, very much immediate. In yeah, fact, uh, yeah. It, like, a couple of weeks, I think. Friday, April 4th, I believe. Oh, fuck, right, okay. Yeah, um, large. Getting, getting some pretty good feedback, I believe. Yeah, general consensus so far seems to be really good. And I mean, like, I think that with Starry Eyes, these guys made a really convincing case that they can be trusted with most properties. Yeah, the guy thinks Starry Eyes is fantastic. For those, I think it's really good. For those that aren't familiar with it, it's basically the story of um uh, a kind of aspiring Hollywood ingenue played by Alex Esso. Played superbly by Alex yeah. Esso, yeah. Um, and basically this kind of increasingly surrealistic and metaphorical discussion about what you need to do to make it um, in, in Hollywood. In Hollywood, yeah. yeah. And um, it kind of gets increasingly like there, there's some kind of body horror second act stuff yeah there's really a bit, fucking gruesome. yeah there's some stuff in there actually that i took some i took a little bit of flack for people were like had you seen this before you made split and i was like no i fucking had <laughs> okay uh, yeah yeah I, I was like actually i think i made split first but uh yeah there's there's some similarities during some of the bathroom body horror stuff right okay yeah, yeah. okay now you say it i kind of see it yeah <laughs> Um, but like, uh, but uh, yeah, their their films far better than Split. <laughs> it's um, uh, like they're both great. Um, <laughs> Star- no, Starry Eyes is awesome. I mean, like, uh, you can get hold of it in most yeah. places, and it really is worth your time. Yeah, you can actually probably pick it up for about five quid on Amazon on DVD. Yeah, there's a, there's a German release of it that's absolutely incredible. I can't remember who put it out, but it's like this weirdly comprehensive three disc monstrosity. Right, it's, it's, it's incredible. It looks absolutely beautiful. I might try and pick that up. But... Um, it, it's it's so cool. Um, but yeah, like I say, that was accidentally topical. As was well, kind of right. So I um I went back and watched Honeymoon. I rewatched Honeymoon. All oh, right, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Lee Janiak's film, uh, starring uh, Rose Leslie, uh, kind of horror chamber piece. Uh, set. I don't want to say Cabin in the Woods, but it's kind of in a Cabin in the Woods. Um, yeah, it's a couple. Uh, the cut of the uh the kind of uh the lady of the couple kind of becomes increasingly removed. As the film goes on, that gets explained in this kind of very interesting way. I really love this film. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. I really like it's got this kind of. uh, I actually think that in conversations about some of the smarter, slightly more art house indie horror films that have been made in the last few years, I feel like in amongst the It Follows is and The Witches and Girl Walks Home Alone at Night kind of thing, I feel like this film kind of gets a little bit lost in the. a little bit lost in the horde. Yeah. Which is a shame because I think it's really, really good. And, I think um, it kind of came out round about the same time as It Follows, and I think like uh, Housebound and things. I think it was playing the the festival circuit round about that time. Ah, uh, yeah, quite right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I and I think like I don't think that this film five years on, I don't think this film gets the credit it deserves. I think it's really, really interesting. Also, um, and obviously there's been a little bit of chat this week about the incoming remake of The Craft. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, Blumhouse uh, produced Blumhouse uh, remake produced of The Craft almost inevitably. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I speculatively in my head was like, oh, if I was picking a director for this, maybe Lee Janiak wouldn't be such a bad call. Now, I had a memory of Lee Janiak actually being attached to that. Well, and this I makes me think that perhaps uh, me thinking that I was really on it with this insight is actually n- maybe giving myself a little bit too much credit there because you're correct. She was originally attached to uh, to make it. Right. Um, but we did find out this week, actually, just to turn the lens briefly to kind of horror news in general. 
it's fallen to Zoe Lister-Jones. It has indeed. Which I think is interesting. It's an interesting call. I'm really looking forward to see what she does with it. So while we're talking a little bit about kind of horror news that's come up this week. Yes. Big trailer drop this week. I think it's a pretty big trailer drop we had this week. Scary stories to tell in the dark. Yes, indeed. Yep. Uh, so produced by Guillermo del Toro. Yep, only Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, and uh, directed by Andrew Overdahl of... Uh, Trollhunter. And um, uh, Autopsy of Jane Doe. Like, this guy's CV? Pretty strong. Yeah, pretty convincing at this point. So, um, adaptation of the book series, of course, by Alvin Schwartz. Yes. And this trailer, for me, I think, pretty promising. Yeah, yeah, I think it looks excellent. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think it's a summer release. Um, Yeah, it's like early early August in America. I'm uh, not sure what the story is here. Hopefully the same. Fright Fest. That'd be nice. Um, but yeah, no, I think uh, lots to get excited about on first look here. Yeah. So I have one more viewing right. this week. Do, 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 do. Mitch, what's your shock 100? And I battle my way past the 60 mark this week by getting one more in the can. Right. Brain dead. Oh, yes. yes. Peter Jackson's brain dead, no less. <laughs> yes. So as you know, uh, things like this, things that are kind of like this over the top, this bloody... I blow a little hot and cold on these. You know okay, this at this point. Right. I had an absolute blast. Was this a first heads. watch? It was a first watch. Oh man, it's so fucking good. Everything from here on out is first watches. Oh really? Yeah, remember I There yeah. is nothing left that you've already watched. Yeah, there are no rewatches. Holy shit. Yeah, it's right? like, I, I'm okay. pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that everything that's left on the list is uh, first watches now. Fucking hell, right? Uh, man, I can't believe you got to watch Brain Dead for the first time. Yes, and if everything, if the remaining, or uh, Dead Alive to our uh, transatlantic friends. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dead Alive, naturally. Yeah, yeah. I'll be doing well if half of what I've got left to watch are as good as Brain Dead. That's so fucking good, man. It's, it's such really a blast. Fucking good. Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, it's one of those ones, like you say. I think that like um, a lot of the time when I talk about seeing these things for the first time, people mm-hmm. are kind of jealous of the fact that I'm getting to see them for the first time at this point. And uh, I kind of got that. I felt like that. I understood that when I was watching this. Do you know? I still think Brain Dead holds up pretty well. I agree. I, I mean, I, um, I, I, I for what it is. I, I, there's some of the kind of like stop motion stuff and things I just think is really, really charming, really great. What do you mean, the Sumatran Rat Monkey? Yes, the Sumatran Rat Monkey. So, so good. That's fucking great. It's really great. And some of the gags are still super disgusting. Yep. Uh, and super impressive. I, I, I think it's, I, I think it's uh, like really impressive and really fun. I, I, I had a blast with it. Oh, I'm so happy. Yeah. I'm so happy you liked it. I really enjoyed it. I made a point of not telling you that I'd been watching it. Oh, that's so cool. Because the temptation to text you uh, was overpowering, but I thought that it would be better to leave it. Oh, that's just... I really want to watch Brain. <laughs> <laughs> so, 60 down, 40 to go. Excellent. Yep. Taking along there. nicely. Getting there. Um, so, I guess it's time for... What have they been saying? It's feedback time, and um, understandably, a lot of what we're getting this week is about uh, Carrie. So a big thanks to our guest, No One, for coming on this week to uh, chat Carrie with us. That yeah, was my selection. Yeah, what a guy. Yeah. <laughs> this has been precisely as divisive as I expected it to be. And by precisely would, as divisive, nah. I would say I was expecting it to be 70-30 in favour of people who thought it was shite. Right, so that's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would say that's a pretty fair ratio to what we've had. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, I mean, like, I, I'm going to, so... We've got Faye Ellis, right? Getting in touch on Twitter. First right, one for, sure. first one for okay. me. Um, and she mentioned that she likes it in general. And she said that in advance. And listened to the episode. Go back in touch and said this. I disagree that Chloe Moretz isn't a good choice for Carrie. But I do believe that there are times where her acting is questionable. She looks unbelievably and constantly constipated when using her telekinesis. Just go and take a dump, love, and get on with the revenge. 
a mixed bag of a comment from Faye there. Darren Gaskell, however, having quite a different opinion yet again. Okay. Uh, swinging dramatically the other way from Faye. Okay. Uh, Darren says, I really tried with this one and I still love Julianne Moore, but the film's a mess. Okay. What's with the arm movements to focus your psychic powers? Looks more like Chloe Grace Moretz is auditioning for a Kate Bush video. I think everyone needs to calm down about the arm movements. It's, Fuck wa- off. it's one bad choice. Let's oh, not use it as a one stick. One bad to- choice and and carry twenty thirteen. One well, bad choice. Yeah. Right. Sure. Cool. <laughs> I didn't um, say it was the one bad choice. I said it's the bad choice that everyone's talking about. With the talent involved, it could have been great. It's not. It's not great. It's not great. I'm and the you first fucking to, brought it. I'm the first to admit that. I'm not saying it's great. I'm just saying that people are way too hard on it. I legitimately think you're trolling me. <laughs> I don't see at this point how how you're not. That's harsh. That's harsh. couple of things on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, back on track living, which is our man Boz. Boz, yeah. Yeah. I'm with Mitch on this one, he says. Didn't hate it. Thanks, man. That's just about as good an agreement as I can expect or hope for. <laughs> I'm also Tony.Level3 um, getting in with, I think, a fair observation. He said, uh, my memory, he obviously hadn't rewatched it. He said, my memory was that they made her a bad guy a little. Yeah, I love the fact that the mother became sympathetic and sad. I agree, and we spoke about this at length in the episode, that Julianne Moore plays this, I think, very well and plays it in a very conflicted way. Yeah, I would argue that they haven't made Carrie the villain of the piece, though, um, uh, at all. I think that, yeah, I'm, I'm less inclined to agree with that. Although, like, yeah, I think the out-and-out sadism of the end of it is kind of mirrored across all the towns of the story. Yeah. 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 I, I wouldn't say that's necessarily especially remarkable in this one. Cosmic Ray Girl. Ah, getting hello. In, getting in touch to say, so I watched Carrie. Poor Watch Files Mitch doesn't stand a chance defending that tripe. In fairness, I picked it. Hashtag Chloe Grace Moretz isn't scary. Uh, <laughs> she on. is not. She's not. She's yeah, not. I think yeah, we, we did all settle on that. That's fair. Um, our old pal Salted Popcorn on Twitter. A golf clap is surely due to Watchfire's Mitch for summing up the entire iconography of Christianity on this week's At Strong Violent PC as usually having Jesus in a state of some distress. <laughs> <laughs> I feel as... I f- I feel as if the podcast, and possibly Christianity, has always been heading to this moment. Thanks, man. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, Can't disagree. Yeah, I totally agree. Thank you for that. Stevie, at Film Fan Stevie, reaching out from the Cousin Soho as uh, as tradition. Yeah, uh, I'm Stevie's HQ. Uh, To say, he's currently listening to me describing how I would wank when all hands (laughs) (laughs) in this week's episode. Uh, yeah, that uh, as everyone knows, that would one hundred percent be the start of my exploration of my telekinetic powers and ultimately the undoing of me. <laughs> to the surprise of no one, that's where your brain went. <laughs> you know that uh, that when uh, when Randy Marsh jizzies all over the place in, in South Park when they finally get access to the internet to watch porn. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that would be me. That would be me. Fantastic. Um... Also, my body would atrophy away. I'd have a really strong brain. Yeah. But my body would just be withered to nothing. <laughs> I have one more on Carrie before I move on to something else. Uh, I've still got a couple of things on Carrie. Oh, okay, you go then. Okay, yeah, cool. Uh, so, Caitlin Downs got in touch just to say, I've been meaning to watch this Friday's Strong Violent PC film for a while, so this is a good excuse. Uh, don't would be my... <laughs> Hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, uh, also, are we getting a download of the Sunshine Kid with a new ending? Because um, I swear I will use it constantly. Mitch, over to you. 
Yeah, I just need to figure out where we're going to put it, where we're going to host it for people to download. You're right, okay. Yeah, there we go. Either um, way, Caitlin, to answer your question, we will be doing a Sunshine Kid download for anyone that wants it because when I said that, I was only half serious, but there's actually been quite a lot of uptake yeah. on it and now I feel like we should do it. And I would say, don't at me about it because I have no fucking idea. I don't control Mitch. Yes, I'll <laughs> handle it. I'll take it from here. Uh, give him a word. There will be a download for the Sunshine Kid for this week. Excellent. Well, there, there we go. You have committed, sir. I have, I have. Anything else in carry? Yeah, Ricky Munga. Hey! Getting in touch on Facebook uh, to say, rewatch this again after six years on okay. Netflix. In cinemas, I thought it was alright. Watching again, all teenagers, including Carrie, were from another planet. Loved Julianne Moore still, but even Mr. Robot's Porsche Doubleday was chewing the scenery. Oh, Porsche Doubleday ended up in Mr. Robot. I did not know that. Don't go. watch that show. There we go. And don't get me started on Judy Greer. As much as I like Judy Greer, I think he's uh, he's kind of right there. I, I don't know if she's doing her best work here. I think that there are issues somewhere in the Desjardins character. It's difficult to tell where shaky writing ends and a shaky performance begins but I, I i think that i think that the issue lies more with the character than judy Gray here but i think that it's a fair discussion fair it's fair. a live okay. one yeah right, it's a okay. live one <laughs> that's a, that's um, a fluid discussion <laughs> yeah absolutely and to the point about the teenagers like there's got a point yeah they're horrific yeah they're um, they're awful and, and like, i refuse to believe that they are uh the, the same species as me <laughs> um, because that is a damning indictment of uh today's teen well 2013 teenagers. Yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I, I share that concern. I kind of like. I was willing to call that like a culture clash or a culture difference, but I don't know. I have one more in carry. It's uh, Hanny underscore Ray, and you asked the question at the end of the episode, uh, what people would do if they had telekinetic powers. <laughs> uh, she said, if I had telekinetic powers, I would definitely open a hotel, claim it was haunted, then have fun scaring the crap out of guests, which is my kind of business plan. Yeah, and I, I honestly think she'd make a fortune. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, I've got something else from Hanny Ray before we move on. Uh, oh, okay, cool. See the Chucky related. Oh, I have some of those too, so on you go. Oh, well, that's an interesting segue then. That works out fine. Uh, finally joined the party and caught up on this episode and today's minisode. Very intrigued by what was deemed to be cut-worthy from the chat on Seed of Chucky. Excellent banter as always. I can tell you it was very much related to semen. Yes, very much so. But like, there's a, this is definitely the episode that there has been the biggest call for a director's cut of. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, and I can tell you, I'm not prepared to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Quite right. Um, I've got Laura Bynan LV on Twitter, who was last week expressing a little bit of interest in getting around to getting Cedar Chucky watched. Yeah, of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. Seems like she's done that. She said, the world's going to hell in a handcart and I'm watching a Chucky movie. Thanks, at Strong Violent PC. Definitely not the dopey franchise entry I'd thought. Here's to Glenn slash Glenda. And also just added, I definitely want John Waters' 2004 version of Photoshop. <laughs> reasonable i have um i have a couple other things but they are not tied to particular films they are mostly in the general niceness or general commentary vein as do i i've got one so james patrick duffy reached out to us on facebook okay uh we did we did touch on his uh his uh dancing acumen yeah yeah he reached out on facebook with the following message to say uh, hi regular listener and accomplished ballroom dancer james duffy here Uh, it's noted that clearly mitch does the research into the films you watch and discuss as andy is flippant with his observations oh my i am an accomplished ballroom and latin american dancer i can both tango and cha-cha i hope that clears that up it does thank you it does uh and uh thanks for that 
<laughs> James, greatly appreciated. Yeah, also, I'm just going to say this again. I've mentioned this in previous episodes, but currently my stomach is rumbling at a volume that may pick up on the microphone. Oh, wow. Uh, and I can only apologise if it registers. You need to wrap uh, up so you can get yourself fed. I am quite hungry. Let's crack on. You're a grown boy. Twitter, Wicked Sister 69 Roll Pal Kim. This was in the early hours of Monday morning. Okay. It's 3.25am, I'm finally back in my hotel bed, so I'm getting a jump on Strong Violent PC while I regret all the Patron XO Cafe I drank. Yep, yep, uh, I, I like that you can add us into your list of drunken regrets. Uh, yeah, I can actually I can actually confirm that I know that Kim was at Panic at the Disco on Sunday night. It right. was that night out. I know because I was there with okay. them. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> did you partake in a Cafe Patron? I didn't partake in a Cafe Patron, but I did partake in an irresponsible amount of dancing to emo. Other time. tequilas oh, are available. Other tequilas <laughs> most certainly are available. No, that, that night was brilliant, but um, I would not have been being uh, on it enough to be catching up with podcasts at three in the morning. When I got back to bed, I was very much ready I to I can't out. imagine uh, being compass menace enough when I'm pissed to actually take in a podcast no so fair play to Kim if anything else I think it would just lull me to sleep <laughs> what are lyrical tones well I wouldn't be listening to our own podcast speak for yourself I'm a revolting narcissist <laughs> I listen to our podcast constantly let me tell you something uh, years ago when I was about 16 maybe I was on a family holiday in Menorca okay. which is in the Balearic Islands um, and two of the guys from East 17 were there oh, okay do we know which two uh, not Brian or Tony I think it's Terry and John <laughs> I'm impressed you know the names of all uh, four. Continue. Yeah, come on, man. Uh, and uh, they were poolside, oiled up, and listening to East 17. That's amazing. Yeah, which I found to be quite funny. Yeah, I love it. Uh, yeah, I had long hair at the time and a Metallica t-shirt. And, uh, <laughs> as you can imagine, I did not want to be on a family holiday. Much less surrounded by members of East 17. <laughs> um, I, have, um, I have one more. Right. Um, and it's actually something that's maybe just worth a mention in general, actually. Because um, it was a tweet from Be Quiet Media. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, specifically Scotland, the Scottish History Podcast. Sure, sure. Um, so, for the record, obviously, um, Scotland, the Scottish History Podcast, is produced, written, and predominantly voiced by Be Quiet Michael, frequent contributor to this show. Our live audiovisual guru. Yes, absolutely. And also, I score that. Um, I score that podcast. Brag. And he has chipped in, well, he's chipped in saying, delighted to say that we'll have the vocal talents of Strong Violent PCs Andy Mix Stuff in the next episode. What? That's me! Your second appearance yeah. on Scotland. It's coming, yeah. it's coming. Less delighted to say that one of the options he sent me over gave me the fright of my life. Horror people, always with the jump scares. <laughs> so I'm going over to finish the music for this tomorrow. Right. So I've heard most of it. And I heard the placekeeper stuff that we had, but I haven't heard yours yet, so I'm very intrigued to hear what this is. Uh, yeah, basically I did a couple of different versions for uh, Michael and sent them over to him, and one of them caused him to leap out of his chair in fright. Fantastic. Uh, so we'll see if that's the one that makes the cut. Yeah, I certainly hope so. Um, even Spoiler, if, it won't be. Even if it isn't, I definitely want to hear it. Um, that's all for feedback from me, with the exception of... It is once again time for Mitch's Pitches. Mitch's Pitches is a feature on the show that is designed to exploit my ignorance for your entertainment. While we're recording, Andy's going to send a picture to my phone, which we will also share to all of our social media channels. It'll be a picture, a poster of a horror film from years gone by. Andy will have photoshopped out the title and the tagline, all identifying text. All that I'll be left with is the image. I'll be expected to give the film a title and a synopsis and also describe the image to the best of my ability. It'll be on social media. We'll be looking for you to send in your own pitches as well to that end. Yeah, well done that, man. 
So last week we had Cannibal Ferox 2, uh, the longer... Massacre and alternate... in Dinosaur Valley, actually, I think you'll Thank find. Thank you. Yeah. Massacre in Dinosaur Valley. I knew that I knew it was something like that. Which I um, relabeled Velocirobbers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that photo is... That picture is everywhere. Um, so we'd encourage you to go check that out because we have got some pitches. Caitlin Downs. I have nothing witty for this. Triceratops. <laughs> I'm happy with triceratops. And then, we're, and then weighing in with the tagline, we don't have to take our triceratops off to have a good time. <laughs> Faye. Um, Faye Ellis at Tweak 81. Cindiana Jones at Raiders of the Lost Tits. Oh, wow. Okay. Alexis Donnelly. Uh, deep breath here. Uh, Volva Humpelot has once <laughs> Yep. Uh, Volva Humpelot has once again found herself at the folly of Peter Pexerhard. She and her faithful rhino Rickshaw are being held captive at Peter's sex dungeon, Mount Penetration, and they only have until sunrise to escape the sexy slaughter of the oncoming convocation of eagles. <laughs> <laughs> Can Volva seduce the sedate Peter Pexerhard before the arrival of the eagles? Tune in at 5 tonight for 1985's voted best porno horror film by the staff at Blockbuster, The Damned and the Flappy. <laughs> That's very strange. I think that, that is pretty funny. Uh, Mark the Davies on Instagram, undead steak, medium bear. <laughs> Quite like that. Um, and also Tony Constantino. Oh, right. Okay, this should be fun. I'm going to have to be really careful with this one. What, why? Is it another one that's vaguely problematic? No, um, it's just a... Well, you'll see. When the aboard Lord Gord of Fort Fjord faces a horde of dinosaurs... He squares a retired hired sword, the only ward he can afford. <laughs> with fallacious promises of a gracious score, the hired ward battles the horde with his giant flaming sword. As dino blood is poured and the horde is gored, the warlord's most adored horde is taken by a tyrant tyrannosaur. With peace now restored to the war-torn fort and the tyrannical reptile on the lamb, the hired sword hatches a loot and a wench-driven master plan to follow the lizard through hollows and blizzards to where lies the dinosaur's fabled treasures and the promise of promiscuous pleasures in 1984's classic fable from the Roger Corman fantasy stable. <laughs> the dangerous adventures of Dirk Dinosaur 4, the dino's horde and the warlord's whore. Dirk's out of retirement for one final score, but he'll settle for a warlord's concubine. <laughs> what do you even do with that? That's that's really fucking impressive. That's outrageous. Um, it's outrageous behavior. I don't really, I don't really know what to say beyond that. I mean, that's really fucking. Really impressive. I mean, like, like, I genuinely, I'm gonna go back to my point that this week I feel like Tony spent as much point as much time on Minisode Forty Six as we did. Towering effort. Yeah, Towering yeah, effort. that's fuck. That's unbelievably good. Yes. So, um, I guess it's time for another one of these. Yeah, you ready? Yeah, hit me. Okay, it's winging its way to you now. Oh, it's arrived. Okay, right. Quite simple. Yeah, pretty simple. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we are certainly uh it's it's nighttime. I believe that we are uh, bathed in the glow of a full moon. <laughs> yeah. Um in the foreground of the image we have a lot of kind of like slightly unkempt looking grass. It looks like I would I would say because it looks like it has it has the feel of long grass, but it can't be because a whole bunch of what looks like cats or certainly like feline creatures of some kind are marauding across it. Fair enough, yeah. Towards a farmhouse that is off to the back right of the image. Um, it looks like it is uh, mostly 
unoccupied apart from the fact that it appears that everyone has gathered on the landing because that's the only light in the building that is on <laughs> and um actually it's pretty simple yeah it's like a, just a horde of what looks like cats um don't say horde again <laughs> um a mob of cats um, that's fine thank d- you d- descending on a um a rural kind of what looks like a farmhouse um or a country house of some kind um at night and under the light of a full moon. Yeah. Okay. Uh, pretty, pretty straightforward, but what can I do with it? I will, as always, need a moment. Mitch, you should be shamed by this to actually follow through on your promises, remember? Oh, yeah. I am. I am. I haven't forgotten. How are we getting on? Yeah, I think about there. Right. Yeah, let's do it. You happy? Yeah. Happy to proceed? Yeah. Sure. Let's, let's do it then. Let's, let's go. 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 After a difficult harvest, Colorado farmer Chet Evergreen feels like his luck is finally turning around when he fortuitously <laughs> discovers that the grain harvested from an unidentified crop is irresistible to cats. Right. Hoping to sell the produce to make ends meet for a month or two, Chet's initial good luck soon turns sour when supplies run out and the felines of the sleepy town have an insatiable lust for second helpings. With the aid of his long-suffering wife, Verna, Chet faces the fight of his life in 1991's Hellcat Farm 2 Sloppy Seconds. Oh my god! (laughs) I thought you were going to get down a catnip road there, some kind of catnip reference yeah right i i like I grappled with some puns but i just i wasn't happy with any of them all right okay well that was an admirable effort i thought not so, your best you. work i'm going to say no i would agree but i'm what... going to say straight off the bat show me what i could have won <laughs> what year did you say i said 91 91 yeah it was 92 oh <laughs> and the film is mick garris's sleepwalkers Sleepwalkers. Yeah, based on a story by Stephen King, or written specifically by Stephen King, one of the two of them, don't really remember. Uh, Yeah, do you want to hear the synopsis? I would. Brian Krause and Alice Krieg star in this horror movie of modern-day vampires who prey on virtuous young women. Mad Shinamic is the sexually curious virgin who falls for the new boy in school, only to learn too late that he's a life-sucking sleepwalker. Mutating at will from golden boy to savage monster, Krause stalks Amic to feed his seductive mother. As the tension mounts and the casualties pile up, the town's tabbies gather for a final chilling showdown with the monsters in their midst. That was long. Yeah, and that was by Rowan Barton Lokar on IMDb. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Oh, by the way, on Mick Garris, Postmortem's just moved to Fangoria. Uh, the podcast, From yes. the Blumhouse Network. Uh-huh. Um, and he had Cassandra Peterson, Elvira, on this week. Oh, nice. Uh, it's a really good episode. Uh, really good if you want to check that out I would suggest you do uh, Elvira's also on this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race oh there you go so uh, yeah you can check that out as well uh, holy crap you just did a podcast recommendation I haven't done one of those in a while yeah well about po- I did postmortem previously mm, yeah, yeah of course so this is just another one saying uh, because I unashamedly love Elvira yeah she's all over the place right now go then so get on that if you, if you like me love Elvira 
Excellent. So before we take a look at what's happening this week, I'm just gonna gonna make this the last mention of this. Right. Okay, we, I know uh, what that's Yeah, about. we're looking for suggestions, questions from yourselves um, for a Getting to Know You episode that we're going to be doing, our bonus episode in the near future, where me and Andy field some questions that you guys have for us. We've had some pretty good ones so far. Why are you doing this? Who do you think you are? Why should I listen to you? You <laughs> evidently never watch any horror films. Yeah. You know? Do you think you're funny and clever? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, all those kind of things. Watch your IQ. In all seriousness, we, um, like, we put this out a couple of weeks ago. We were suggesting that people get into with any questions you might have about us yep. um, and we'll answer them for you and we've had some uh, some pretty good feedback on this we are looking for uh, emails on this one specifically scenes at gmail.com for that yeah um, and we'll be looking to get those done very uh, in the very near future now let me tell you this much I, uh, I'm going to blow your mind with something here okay this minisode that we're recording right now is the 98th episode that we have done the 98th like broadcast yeah Including both, so full episodes, but many swords, bonus swords. This recording right now is the ninety eighth episode, which means next week's many sword will, will be, be the one hundredth broadcast episode that we've done. Oh my goodness, one hundred! Yeah, what'd you make of that? That's uh, I'm not gonna lie, possibly further than I thought we'd take it. <laughs> yeah, me too. And what also that means facing down our one year anniversary. That is creeping up. We need to have some kind of targeted discussion about what we're gonna do for that. Yeah, I think it would be silly to let it fly by without marking it in any way, shape or form. Yeah, no, I would agree. Um so uh watch this space. Yeah, what I guess you... we need to have a discussion about that. But uh yeah, I think episode fifty will be our one year anniversary because we did take two weeks off over Christmas. Yeah, which are literally the only two weeks off we've taken the entire year. Yeah, and we've never yes. missed a delivery day. Never a single one. That's pretty good going, I think. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. man. You too. Yeah, well, let's, but let's see if we make it to 100. A few episodes to fit in before episode 50. Most pressingly, episode this... 47, uh, which is uh, this coming Friday's main episode. Delighted to say that we'll be joined by... He's a comedian. If you're local to Glasgow, you may have seen him do a uh, Watch Bad Movies with Great Comedians event with Billy Kirkwood. Yeah. Recently. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, his own stand-up show, Cineman. It's Mr. Chris Thorburn. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. Really funny guy. And uh, a film that actually a lot of people consider quite good. Currently riding a pretty impressive 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb, which might be the highest rated IMDb film we've ever done. Okay. With the exception, maybe, of the ninth configuration. Ninth configuration, possibly, yeah. Um, But yeah, I think it's absolutely hilarious. It has some of the most over-the-top acting and some of the worst acting I've ever seen in a film that's generally considered quite good. Okay. It stars Charlize Theron, Mm -hmm. Al Pacino. And the always entertaining Keanu Reeves. It's the Devil's Advocate. The Devil's Advocate. Heading back to 1997 for all two hours and 26 fucking minutes of the Devil's Advocate. Looking forward to that. Fuck yeah. By the way, just quick heads up. The last half hour is pretty much just people talking. (laughs) And Al Pacino shouting. This is going to be a lot of fun. Chris Thorburn joins us on Friday to talk The Devil's Advocate. Get in touch with us between now and then with your thoughts on this, anything else that you've heard on the show you want to comment on. Facebook and Instagram are Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can tweet us as well at Strong Violent PC. And you can, of course, email us at Strong Language Violent Scenes at gmail.com. Yep, and as you know, there's heaps of places you can listen, but we would always recommend you try the following ones first. Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Acast, and 
Podbean, our home, our hosts, and the wonderful, wonderful people that they are. And whichever platform you're using, rate, review, subscribe. Please do rate us. Go on to iTunes, uh, drop us off a little review. Um, it really, really does help. I've seen the statistics, folks. Um, and yeah, it would just be such a massive help. And we just love seeing your guys' thoughts. And yeah, we're, we're just really greedy like that for mm. to be validated. Yeah. And um, <laughs> on that note, I just want to say a big thank you to everyone who has been listening, all the new. Yeah, yeah. And there has been a lot of new ones. Uh, our listenership has grown pretty dramatically over the past couple of months. And it's really been lovely to, to see that. And we're going to keep doing this for you. So if you guys keep listening, we've got no reason to stop. Yeah, stay with us. A lot of good stuff still to come. We'll be back on Friday. Join us then if you can. In the meantime, don't forget, it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chuds. Goodbye. Goodbye. You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain. Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain. Production and artwork by Andy Stewart. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean.